Welcome to The Slaughtered Lamb, a movies-by-minute watch of the John Landis written and directed 1981 horror classic, An American Werewolf in London. I'm your host, Troy, and I would like to thank you for joining me here on this journey. All right, so here we go with uh, Minute 54, which starts with It's Almost Full Moon and ends with A Barking Dog and Laughing Girls. So the end of this particular week actually uh, culminates with us uh, saying our final farewells to East Proctor. We uh, are finishing off with the uh, doctor's conversation with the uh, dart player outside in the uh, rain. You can uh, hear uh, that, again, it's uh, both uh, actors uh, playing Dr. Hirsch, uh, John Woodvine, and the dart player, David uh, Schofield, uh, finishing off their conversation of uh, warnings where uh, it is uh, the dart player uh, trying to get across the fact that uh, there is something wrong with this whole entire situation. So he starts off with his uh, broken sort of uh, line. It's almost full moon. And then... Uh, before you know it, he's um, he's then uh, putting in the statement that uh, he's about to make a metamorphosis. But as he's also talking about that, we have uh, good old uh, uh, Brian Glover, who has uh, all of a sudden shown up behind these two uh, characters on the other side of that uh, little uh, stone wall uh, section and uh, basically barks out a command uh, for uh, for uh, the dart player to uh, decease his uh, conversation. Uh, it catches uh, definitely the dart player off off guard and uh, the uh, Dr. Hurst just simply uh, without really doing much more than looking over his shoulder towards the uh, very angry looking uh, chess player and uh, he then uh, the chess player himself repeats his command of uh, the dart player to stop what he's talking about everyone's still Obviously, still getting, still raining. Everyone's getting drenched and all that. Uh, Dr. Hirsch and the dart player are under the cover of Dr. Hirsch's umbrella. The chess player is just standing there, just, just with a shouting face, uh, getting this, uh, this across. Um, as we cut from uh, the chess player yet again yelling his command uh, to, to stop. Uh, we cut back to uh, Dr. Hirsch and the dart player, and the dart player nervously like takes off from the conversation. Uh, basically, hands still deep in his pockets. He actually almost looks like he's slipping on the uh, wet grass as he uh, takes off across the uh, cemetery grounds away from the doctor. The doctor then turns to uh, watch him uh, take off and uh, thunders rolling all around them and all that. Um, one of the things that uh, you can notice from this particular sequence is uh, while uh, 
the dart player's lines are still uh, dubbed from like it was before. Uh, they actually do use the uh, the the, the 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 audio of um, the uh, Brian Glover's uh, delivery because when you hear his lines, the actual sound of the rain increases. Basically, instead of it all muting like it has, like not actually going completely silent, but but coming down in volume of the rain when they doing the dub. So um, obviously his voice was obviously strong enough to be picked up the day of, and I guess it it shows that it's also a little better because he's not close to where these two characters of Dr. Hirsch and the dart player are having this conversation. The, basically we get a shot of uh, Dr. Hirsch uh, washed, watching the, uh, the dart player take off and he then slowly turns his whole entire body to face the dart player who still is staring right at uh, Dr. Hirsch and has this look of such anger and without any provocation just just turns and walks away leaving dr hirsch standing out in the middle of the rain holding his umbrella in the middle of a cemetery with just this sort of not quite look of confusion in his face but uh he's it's like a like he he understands what the hierarchy is in this uh in this uh little village and all that and he's uh basically i think he's just basically knows that he's done with uh this situation we then do a quick cut to uh 64 uh Colhern, um in london uh and uh, it is the front door of alex's flat uh the door uh is already open uh, we have both Alex and David exiting the uh, apartment. Uh, Alex is all dressed up and uh, basically heading off to work. And uh, David uh, follows her uh, out the door as well. Um, he's uh, basically dressed in his uh, NYU t-shirt that Alex had slept in the night before and, uh, and jeans and Alex's all smartly dressed up in this uh, blue uh, little outfit with uh, her jacket on and uh, she is basically headed off to work. Uh, she mentions that uh, if there if David has any uh, problems today that uh, he knows where to uh, get her. If you get too anxious call me at the hospital okay? Okay. And then uh, she also mentions the fact that uh, she left uh, some meds behind, just in case. I've left those pills for you. David makes a joke of it. Go for a werewolf. And then uh, they, uh, she, they both come together for a quick little peck on the mouth sort of uh, farewell. But as she goes to pull away, uh, David grabs her again and pulls her in for a closer kiss. Uh, she seems to be a little uh, like um, taken off guard by this. It's it's not a very uh, it's not a, uh, a, a not an 
uh, an unwelcome sort of thing, but it just catches her off guard by the uh, look on her face and how she um, seems to deliver uh, her final farewell, which um, really isn't much of a farewell. She seems to be a little distracted. Uh, she seems to laugh a little bit of this off as she uh, leaves uh, David's side, um, does a, a, a point and a uh, happily sort of laughs and bounces her way uh, onto the street to cross the road to get uh, to the other side uh, where the uh, church is standing, which is uh, St. Uh, Luke's, uh, which is just across the uh, the road in the little courtyard across from her apartment, sorry, her flat. David has a final uh, farewell to her as uh, she uh, takes off. See you later. So we now cut back to a shot of uh, David uh, standing at the bottom of the steps to the entrance of the flat. He's got the, uh, we can see that uh, there's some really cool um, tile work on the, uh, the the steps going up into the apartment which uh, according to uh, all photos that I can find of this actual apartment which is a real apartment at that location uh, it uh, no longer has those uh, colorful uh, yellow and blue um, and I guess it's a bit of a brown I would say from what I can see on the uh, DVD image uh, that uh, it's now an all a reddish orange uh, little tile uh, the there is still the wrought iron uh, gating across the, uh, the, the the sides of the uh, the stoop that are raised up above the actual uh, the brown columns are still brown. Uh, the rest of the place pretty much looks the same. The door is no longer the uh, greenish blue. It's more of a dark uh, blue as it is nowadays, but um, 40 years difference, things are going to change. All right, so uh, David, uh, after looking towards Alex uh, leaving, uh, something uh, catches his attention and it's a tiny little dog barking. Um, this uh, dog is uh, also accompanied by uh, two little blonde girls um, while the dog barks at her. Uh, David is uh, being also uh, giggled at by these uh, two little girls, a little girl in a blue jacket and a red jacket. Uh, just giggling away at uh, David. Uh, they seem to be quite amused by this whole entire fact that their tiny little dog is uh, just yapping away at uh, poor David. And uh, David is all like, has a like, what's going on sort of uh, look on his face. And uh, we cut back and forth between uh, really barking dog. That dog's like getting like real good, like volume out of his tiny little body. Uh, the two little girls uh, are also uh, giggling away and uh, that's where we end up as the uh, we cut back to the girls uh, about to walk away from uh, David, uh, walk past David as uh, they, uh, they finish off the sequence. Well, we finish off this minute.
Over on the commentary track, Griffin Dunn continues on about the uh, the whole entire sequence about uh, talking about the publicity junket and how that he had never heard of that word before, junket, and thought it was a Chinese ship. And how they actually, for the press junket for this movie, went to the Stanhope Hotel. And after everyone left, uh, he and his girlfriend at the time had stayed in the room, paid for by Universal, for over, almost a week. Where he was, uh, at the time, living in a crappy little apartment in the village, he had stayed uh, there living on room service, and no one ever noticed. He also continues on about how the critics reacted to this movie, and how he was disappointed in those reviews. He was aware that uh, this wasn't your average horror film, but uh, the way the critics reacted sort of surprised him. According to the script, we come to scene 45, which is an interior of Alex's flat during the day. It is an extra scene that takes place between David and Alex in the hallway just before they actually leave. To come to the following sequence, this then is followed up by them leaving the room to come to scene 46, which is the exterior apartment building, late afternoon. Now, the scene plays out pretty much as it does in the script, except for after Alex's departure, there's a slight uh, alteration in the final movie version. To begin with, the actual dog starts in the script. The dog is actually growling and snarling it at David before it starts barking, whereas in the movie, it's barking from the get-go. And in the original script, it actually just calls for there being a single girl and uh, there is no mention of her laughing at David. And of course, in the final film, there are the two children laughing at David for the whole entire sequence. When it comes to the radio drama for this particular minute of the movie, we actually have some extra bits. The actual uh, scene that is in the script but not in the movie where David and Alex have a conversation in the front hallway of her flat uh, is there and uh, the actual uh, sequence with the dog and the child is uh, actually completely different too it turns out that the dog had actually slipped its leash the kid comes running up to this is all after Alex has actually left for the day the dog is barking at David and has gotten into his yard uh, then the kid comes over mentions this uh, David then goes to grab the dog the dog starts barking at him the kid then decides to go in to actually get the dog himself and mentions it's kind of weird that this dog always likes everybody sorry that he doesn't like you so much and then that's it for this particular moment And on that note, that brings us to the end of another minute of An American World in London, and the end of this episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. I would just like to take this moment to give a shout out to the podcast hosts that started this whole entire Movies by Minute phenomenon, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars Minute. There wouldn't be the supportive collective without them. And if you're interested, visit moviesbyminute.com 
to check out the ever-growing list of movie podcasts. I'm sure you'll find your favorites on here, and if not, consider joining the Horde and make one of your own. That's why this is being done here. And speaking of podcasts, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or any other of your favorite podcast catchers. And if you would be so kind as to rate, share, and review us, that would be really cool. If you feel like following this podcast on the social medias, you can follow Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to send us a message via email, send it to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, keep off the moors, stick to the roads, best of luck. Bom ba bom ba bom ba bom ba bom ba ba bom ba bom ba dang a dang dang ba ding a dong ding blue moon.